It's time for Confessions of a Serial Salesman. Author, expert sales trainer, and serial entrepreneur Steve Noodleberg wants to help you change your life and your business using his 27 roles for influencers and leaders. This is the Confessions of a Serial Salesman podcast with Steve Noodleberg. Here's Josh Cohen. And welcome to another edition of the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast based on the book, the hardcover, the paperback, and yeah, in audio tones as well. 27 rules for influencers and leaders. Sounds like a lot of rules for someone like me who's a rule breaker, but I guess it's just more rules. You got to have process. 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 Trust the process. Trust the process. Like they've been telling people in Philadelphia for the last five years. (laughs) At some point, they're either going to trust the process or they're going to throw the process out. And try a new process. So this is the 40th anniversary of the Miracle on Ice. Uh, so it's Monday was. Monday Sunday was. was. Sunday was. Well, well actually, uh, Sunday Saturday was. and Monday. Because they won the, the the Miracle on Ice was Saturday. They beat the Russians on, on right. four then, years ago Sunday. And then two days later, they won the gold medal. Yeah. And so we've been all immersed in that, you got to believe, and you know, all of the stuff that came out of that team well, which is great. the 40th anniversary well it's just you know it's a great reminder of a group of kids that got together and just said you know we'll, we'll probably get beat nine out of ten times mm-hmm. but not this tonight. might be the 10th time not tonight it's a great reminder you know? that sports teaches us there's no such thing as a sure thing that's exactly right. and it's a great reminder that's why they that play the games that's why we play the games because you just never know apropos for our friend johnny williams johnny williams is our guest for episode number 96 today he is a managing partner at promotion not promotion but promotion see capital on the p capital on the m sports and entertainment he's a friend of mine he's a friend of yours yeah therefore he's a friend of ours in the knob mob way remember susan renison got nervous when i said friend of ours because friend of ours johnny you know friend of ours can mean different things she knows susan too so yeah company company that you keep yeah depending on the company you keep. Nice to Absolutely. see you again, young man. Always great to see you. Normally, when I see you, there's a major event, major party, major community He's happening. Around, yeah. yeah, you're at all the good stuff. I know if I walk in and you're there, I'm in the right place. And you always walk in in beautiful shoes. Well, th- well thank you so much. And blazers, man. All that. Oh, your shoe game is incredible. Why, why do you say that? Really? <laughs> it just is, man. I feel like I feel like he's, there's a shot coming. No, no I feel like no, there's a punchline. No, no, no. Even today, the right, shoes. I appreciate that. Matching the shirt. Thank you. Well, today, yeah. <laughs> today, for those that can't see, you'll see in the photograph. Uh, my shoes today match the pocket on my t-shirt. I went all out. For Outstanding. I appreciate it. It's, it's, the, it's the best dress you've been at our show. So it's, in, a, in a while, I appreciate that. Yeah, because the, the jeans actually have like you know planned holes. Not from actual wear and use, but they were total, just total nothing. Like like Judge Judy. Judge Judy was busting my balls. I met her at a Christmas party, and I had I had ripped jeans on. I came from a little meeting with my PR firm, and she's like, oh, "Really, with the ripped jeans?" And I go, "It cost extra this way." She goes, "I know." I tell my grandkids, "Why would you pay more? They're half ruined." How did we know that we'd get a, a Judge, Judge Judy? I don't invitation? think we know. Wow. I don't think we did. This no. doesn't happen. Speaking often. of Judge Judy, you come from a law background, young man. I most definitely do. Yeah. So yeah. so most folks say, all right, well, um, I, I went to school and then I went to more school and I'm going to stick with this law thing because, well, hell, I put the time in. Yeah. You decided to go the route of the entrepreneur instead. Well, a little bit. I mean, I, you know, how I got to the legal world was kind of by practice. It was one of those situations where I was working in a company. I was working for a company that was producing the what was then the McDonald's National Salute to America's Heroes. Mm-hmm. Right. So when I started there, the air show is the air show, right? right. Yeah. Yeah. More popular, the air show, um, which and, was a wild show. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> um, and so I was working. I was a young kid when I started. 
And the owner of the company said, hey, listen, I'm going to have you work on these sponsored contracts. And we only had a few sponsors at the time. Uh, he goes, but don't touch anything in the main you know, body of the agreement. Just, you know, you'll just change exhibit A, exhibit B, exhibit C, and that's it. Don't touch anything else. Um, but as the show grew and we were doing partnerships with American Airlines, Coca-Cola, McDonald's, um, and I'm talking to their legal department. They don't know that they're talking to this young kid on the other <laughs> line that has no clue what they're talking about. Because we're on the telephone. Yeah, we're on the telephone. Right. Yeah. right? And I'm trying to pretend as best I could I knew what I was talking about. Um, but I went back to the owner of the company. I said, hey, man, you, you know, I'm going to need to go back to law school. Yeah. <laughs> I go, yeah. This is getting kind of, and just to protect your interest, to protect mine. Mm-hmm. And so he said, that's not a bad idea. So I went back um, to law school. I went at uh, Nova, Southeastern University. I was mm-hmm. part of their second evening class. So wow. I worked. You, you, you don't want to head back to Cortland State, to the Red Dragons uh, in the winter? You don't want to go back to, to oh, the winter Oh, you guys time? know each other from I, I know. I know. Yeah. Cortland Cortland State, upstate New York. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. I, I was just up there uh, in November. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was 40 Stadium. below. It's 40 below. It was, yeah, it was very cold. <laughs> I'm not used to that anymore. But it was the uh, Cortica Jug. So it was uh, Cortland Ithaca, it, Ithaca College. And they played it at MetLife Stadium. Oh, no kidding. Wow. Incredible. Big yeah. time. Oh, they, they got big time alumni. That's from big time. Cortland State and Ithaca in particular. Yeah. Like, yeah. like uh, who, the guy who runs Disney. What's his name? My name escapes me right now. Bob Iger. He's, a, he's, a, he's an Ithaca grad. Wow. You'd be shocked at the well, Ithaca Cortland like State. and uh, yeah. Lehigh. They play in Yankee Stadium. Colgate. So, yeah, yeah, sure. I thought you were going to say Cortland grad. So you, you didn't name any prominent Cortland grads. <laughs> yeah, I can't <laughs> think of any. Other than you. <laughs> Are you a Cortland grad? Well, I guess <laughs> can't think of you. Yeah. And that's if, I got the, if I'm the best they got, they're in trouble. It's always a bad sign. Like I told Bill Parcells, he goes, where'd you go? I said, went to Towson. And he smirked, and Parcells goes, what do you need to get into that school? A pulse? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, no. he, drafted, he drafted two players. He drafted two giants out of that school, right? Yeah. Sean Landetta and uh, Dave Meggett, both. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Townsend State. Towson State. Yeah. Actually, my, my brother, who played in the NFL, actually mm-hmm. got recognized because they were playing Townsend State, and they were going to see Meggett. And so my brother. So he played bro- Northeastern. So your, your brother was lighting it up against poor Towson, <laughs> and then they go, screw that the other guys. Let's go with this dude out of Northwestern. Northeastern? Northeastern. 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 Uh, Boston. Okay. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah. So you went back to law school. Yeah. So you went back to school because you recognize, wait a minute, I'm doing enough in this that I probably should know more. Most folks would say, hey, I'm getting by. Yeah. You know, I'm doing the bare, I did the bare minimum for the maximum result. Instead, you looked at it as an opportunity to further your education Correct. and to take it another level. Correct. Correct. Well, well, it also brings up another sales related kind of um, parallel. And that, as we, we teach it all the time, act as if you're supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. So you did that. Yeah. Talking to McDonald's, if you acted like you weren't supposed to be there, the show would be over. Correct. So you Correct. just, you know, it's not faking it. It's acting like I'm supposed well, to you be should, there. Yeah, I, I agree with acting like you belong when I've got a ticket for Section 8 and I want to be up front <laughs> right. um, for a little bit. But there comes a point at which there comes a point you at need which the knowledge. you, you, right. you want yeah, to pretend you belong, but then make sure you're doing the process I to agree. belong right. because that charade is only going to last for so long. And then once you've ruined that, you know, when you start, you know, spouting off legal terms that you don't understand, right. people remember the way you made them feel. And in that spot, you made them feel like you was a bullshitter. Totally right. Right? Totally okay. right. All right. Nothing Continue, like please. knowledge. Yeah. Right. yeah. No, it was, it was amazing. And for me, like, I had no intent when I went to law school. A lot of the students that I went there with had plans on going to work for a law firm. Mm-hmm. That wasn't my plan. My no. plan was just really to benefit, you know, the, and create more assets to what I was currently doing, mm-hmm. right? Wasn't yeah. going, had no plans to go work for a law firm and what at exa- that time. Yeah, and what exactly does your company do? Because it says pro-motion, pro is capitalized, yep. motion, all one word, sports, entertainment. So it's a sexy title, yeah. it's a sexy industry to be in, but what exactly does the company do these days? It's a great question. If you ask anybody in my family, they'll tell you they don't know, right? <laughs> really? They call me Tommy. 
Tom, right? <laughs> Tom, Tom the Martin Show. Oh, what right. do you actually do? Right? Yeah. It's a tough question for most people. But to put it simply, I work with professional athletes, entertainers, everything off the field, right? Everything mm-hmm. off the field of play, uh, marketing, endorsements, philanthropic initiatives. As I mentioned, throughout my 13 years with the National Suit America's Heroes, the Air Show, the Fleet Week, um, I have a strong events background. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I do is I work with my clients on marketing and deals, it was shoe deals, uh, events, things of that nature. So I had the opportunity over those years to develop great relationships. And as we know in business, relationships are key. Number one. Right? Um, and so what I do is I work with them and help connect them with corporate sponsors, right, to help underwrite their events, um, for them to endorse, things mm-hmm. of that nature. Uh, so that's mainly what promotion sports and entertainment is. It's really a company that works with the athletes to help them manage their lives off the field. Relationships. Relationships. For, for those that are local here, the event you do with John Offerdahl is yeah. really well known. Really, on the you know, all the Dolphin guys get involved in yep. it. It's really uh, explain the event, please. Yeah, so it's it's John Offerdahl's Gridiron Grill Off Food, Wine, and Music Festival. And mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you how that you know how it started. I was in a golf tournament, celebrity golf tournament. John was the celebrity. How many golf tournaments you play in a year? Uh, Out of 52 weeks, what are you playing, 46? Maybe 47, <laughs> 48. You know. Is that a good guess? And he yeah, calls it very promotion. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> What'd you say? What? It's he work. calls it promotion. Man. Yeah, man, it's work. It's work. Yeah, No, it's right. work. But It's, it's a great place to get business. Now. It's a great place. Of course it is. Right? Of course it is. But, but I don't care what you're doing. If you yeah. got to be there, it still feels like work. Yeah. If you, if you, if you got, if there's an obligation to be there, uh, you know, there was a young lady texting me this morning and she's like, Oh, you know, you should be grateful. I said, I am grateful about, you know, Honda classic this weekend. I'll do radio. I'll do television. I don't work hard at that. I don't have to do the after parties this year. Thank God. Knock on wood. Cause we're not doing those. Thank God. Jesus is listening. Um, but, uh, but I, I always remind folks, you know, I don't got to do this. I get to do this. It is not an obligation. It is a gift because at one point I really wanted the opportunity so you better keep wanting the opportunity because when you stop wanting the opportunity, I somebody totally else is going agree. to get the opportunity, yeah, right? It's That's the mindset. Correct. But but nonetheless, you're you're playing in probably 45 to 50 golf tournaments a year. And it, even though it sounds fun to most. <laughs> you're, you're busted, dude. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Even though it sounds fun to most, some of those times. Well, you, you know why? I'm tell you why. This is a, yeah. a feather in your cap. I don't know anybody that doesn't really like you. Uh, Seriously, yeah, so you're yeah, one of those guys. Yeah, let's let's play with Johnny. <laughs> I can think of a few girlfriends from uh, back in the day. Back in the day. Back in yeah. the day. No. But no, one of the unique things was, you know, when I left the air show, one of the things about the air show was that it was mainly dependent on corporate sponsorship revenue, right? That's really what underwrote the event. And I said, mm-hmm. if I ever get back into doing something, I want to have uh, a program that A, ties back to a charity. Mm-hmm. B, has other revenue streams outside of corporate sponsorship dollars, so like a gate or mm-hmm. some, right. some form of merchandising, yep. things of that nature. Yep. So when I was sitting with John and he's like, you know, I got the, he, he's, he was great at always just asking people, what do you do? Like, tell me a little bit about you. And so he sat down with me and we're in the golf cart and he asked me about my background and I told him. Weird you're on a golf course. On strange. A, on a golf course. It's so yeah. strange it happened In there. a golf cart. <laughs> so strange. <laughs> on both those counts. Continue. And so, uh, you know, so he, he was asking me what I did. He goes, you know, I have this idea. And he proceeds to tell me about this concept that he wanted to create, which was a food and wine festival mm-hmm. pairing professional athletes with restaurants, right? They come up with a recipe. Fans get to come out, interact with the athletes, eat great food. Oh, it's wine. fun, man. It's really fun. Ama- you know, and I listened to it and I asked myself, so I go, so where, where are the proceeds going? He goes, oh, they're going to go back to my Alfred Hand Handoff Foundation, mm-hmm. right? And at the time we had um, 60% of the funds going to the faith-based charities. And then we had 40% going to kind of the sports world, Mm -hmm. charitable efforts in the sports world. 
Miami Dolphins Foundation. Um, and yeah. his handoff foundation is 501c3? 501c3. Okay. Right? So I loved it. So it kind of checked all those. He's a philanthropic guy. Very philanthropic yeah, yeah, guy. I yeah. mean, just checked all the boxes that, that I wanted. Um, I said, this is fantastic. I go, when do you want to do the event? He goes, oh, I'm going to do it in three months. <laughs> and then you laugh. Said, Wait a minute. I said, John, come on. You're not going to do it in three months. He goes, no, 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 no. I- I'm going to do it in three months. And I'm going to do it in the parking lot of my Weston restaurant. Mm-hmm. I said, John, I don't know if that's enough time. Said, oh, we can do it. We can do it. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, you know, listen, this is what I'll do. I go, I don't want to commit to, you know, 100%, you know, being engaged with it, but I'll introduce you to some people operational that can help you accomplish this objective. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did the first year, you know, helped him just a little bit, introducing him to various vendors, things of that nature. And he made it happen. Isn't I, lived, three in, month time I lived in Weston. I yeah. went to that first event. Yeah. It was a great neighborhood event. As smart as the people may be that listen to this podcast. I mean, they have bad taste in podcasts, but they may be very intelligent <laughs> people. As smart as the people are that listen to this podcast, yeah. they too are man or woman still badly underestimate the time it takes to stage an event oh, oh goodness gracious yeah. some of the brightest most successful people that i know are like i want to have this charity event and i'm look, thinking about doing it in, in in a month from today sure and i go think again well John, how, about, how, about year, involved, how about a year from involved today? in the Winterfest? yeah and yeah. we're planning now but people yep. have no idea they, they really have no grasp of concept uh it's going to take three times as long as they think yeah. It's going to be three times more difficult and costly than they expect. Absolutely. That's my least experience. Oh, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. And for the most part, you have to be willing to invest in it. Most events, you're going to lose probably year one, year two, mm-hmm. year three. Sure. Right? Year four, you start to kind of break even, make money. Um, so especially when it comes to athletes, there's a lot of celebrity athletes down here, whether it's Dan Marino, Jason Taylor, O.J. McDuffie, you know, Tuan Russell, that are doing amazing work here in the community. True. Um, but have taken their own money and efforts to kind of seed that growth and whatever mm. it is they're doing. That's great. John was no different, right? Mm. And John put his money where his mouth was and said, listen, I want to make this happen and I'm going to build it and grow it. And uh, last year was the 10th year, 10th year anniversary. Wow. Of it really? 10 years? 10 years. Wow. Congratulations. And it grew, I mean, significantly. Um, and, you know, raises great money for, you know, the local charities. Is it still happening in the parking lot? No. I didn't think so. <laughs> no, yeah. It's funny how that, funny how that I grew. Oh, yeah, it grew. Yeah. I mean, it formed an unbelievable relationship with the city of Pompano Beach, mm-hmm. and it took place at the uh, Pompano Beach Amphitheater mm-hmm. um, and their festival grounds that they have out there. And truthfully, you know, I had never been. It's one of those things. I had never been to Pompano Beach Amphitheater. Well, it's a cool place to see location. a concert, too. Yeah. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Seafood yeah. festival. Yeah. Yeah. They still do that? They do. Okay. Seafood festival. Yeah. You know, you, know, you bring up a, a really good point, though. People really like John. Yeah. He pays attention to other people. So everybody that meets him, he's actually engaged in a real dialogue with them. It's one of the fundamental things in business that we try and teach salespeople is really genuinely and authentically care about the people that you're talking to Mm -hmm. and good things come back. Oh, absolutely. You know, know, he's that guy for sure. Never underestimate the simple simplicity and the value of engaging someone. Someone that wants to take a moment to speak with you, looking them in the eye and sharing a moment with them. Because it will totally change, for better or worse, their perception of you and how they think of you and how they feel about you. You know, I mean, Super Bowl week, Radio Row is a perfect example of the people that give you a moment, give you a time, that show love voluntarily versus those that are too busy. And you remember the way they made you feel. Right? Oh, there's Just like no Maya doubt. Angelou wrote. We talk about it every freaking every, episode. Every episode. It makes a difference. All right, so this event now, 10 years in, yeah. has become one of those must-attend event of the seasons. People yeah. mark their calendar, when is it again next year, to make sure they don't miss it. You see the same no faces doubt. every year, but more faces. Absolutely. It's just grown each year. Um, the restaurant participation is amazing. High-end culinary, right? High-end culinary restaurants. The athletes get a great you know, opportunity to come out. Uh, keeps them relevant. 
you know, a lot of the of guys are guys that played with John. You know, mm-hmm. we've had everyone from Mark Duper, Mark Thirty Clayton, years ago. Max brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. H- Higgy gets involved. Higgy, <laughs> well, if there's food involved, Higgy's in there. You know, you can get, you can count on that. You know, love Higgy, but he's like, is there food going to be there? But yeah, there'll be food. He goes, I, you can count me in. But yeah, you know, just an amazing, amazing program. It's amazing what people don't understand about what goes into planning an event, yeah. um, let alone staging the event let alone then after the event, being able to replicate it again for another year. Correct. It's a 52-week-a-year job. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. So we were reminiscing before. We hadn't seen each other or really just sat down and talked for a while, but we're talking about all of the things that you've done in your career that did prepare you for that. Absolutely. Which, is, you know, I guess, you know, the culmination of all of your experiences, mm-hmm. and one of the things we took away was it's the negative experiences sometimes, or actually most of the time, that teach you the most. Of course. You yeah. know, the things that you... What not like, to do. Oh, shit. Yeah. You know, like, this is bad. No, I'll learn from it. And Correct. You know, certainly you've had... I've had my fair share and, you know. Oh, I definitely... <laughs> I definitely have had my fair share of those, you know, those types of... Whoop. Yep. Go ahead. Your okay, those yep. types of situations. I mean, you know, throughout the... Um, you know, throughout my career, you know, Steve kind of asked me a little bit about, like, you know, like, you know, I know we know one another, but tell me a little bit more about you. And, you know, I said, well, you know, I had originally moved down here to South Florida, um, never been to Florida. My brother was playing for the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. I came down for one weekend. Palm trees, beautiful women. Palm beautiful trees, weather. jet skis. Right. Hey, I'm over. not leaving. Hey, I'm going to say something. I was like, I'm moving to Florida. I don't care what excuse I got. I'm moving down Where here. were you? Were you in Cortland at the I was time? in Cortland. So right. you can understand where I'm coming from. For those from. that don't know, yeah, there's, there's, two, there, there's two seasons in, uh, in Cortland, New York. Cold and there's, colder. Uh, there's, no, there, there's winter and then the 4th of July. <laughs> No, I mean, it's it's snow and gray skies. Right. And it was crazy. And then it gets dark in the wintertime about 3.30 in the afternoon. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's the worst place. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I'm from there, so I can, you know. So are those all Bill fans there? Those are the Bills? No. Right? You'd be, no? Well, you yeah, they are. There, there's They're a lot Bill. of Bills fans. There's a lot of yeah, Bills. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of yeah. Bills fans, but you get into, you know, that pocket of Western Central New York, mm-hmm. and you got, you split with Giants and Jets. Yeah, right. But then also there's this weird little, like, society of Dolphin fans. That became really? about from the from the early seventies teams, and now like like my nephew's twenty five years old, and when he came home from the hospital, his bedroom was already painted dolphins. Yeah, I see so dolphin so jerseys all over. Yeah. He didn't have yeah. a choice. Well, I'm gonna tell you something. I mean, I've been to a lot of different stadiums throughout <clears throat> throughout the NFL. My brother, they were playing the Bills, and so I had my buddies from college like, oh, we're gonna go up and you know see them play the Bills. And so I took like four of my buddies. We go up to the game. Now this is the game where you know uh, Lewis Oliver had like a hundred and two yard interception. Yeah. It was right. like an amazing. You know, OJ Simpson was out there with the Bruno Mollies. That whole that that was that time. <laughs> what, right? was a playoff game? No, it was oh, not okay. a playoff. Wasn't a playoff game. But this, this was, was a big deal when Lewis had that interception. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. made like a some kind of dance about yeah, it. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. it, was, it but, but the thing is, OJ was working for the, NBC. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know. He was sideline <laughs> reporter. In the, in the, I remember screaming at him. In those ugly-ass Bruno Mollies. Exactly right. I said, who would wear those ugly-ass shoes? Exactly. Meanwhile, there's pictures of them wearing those shoes. Exactly right. <laughs> those are your shoes. But so they give the opposing team, mm-hmm. right, the players, the worst seats. So we're all, oh, yeah. the, way, we're all the way up top. Of course. Like the Dolphins are winning, right? And I'm watching Dolphin fans get picked out. First of all, it's red, white, and blue everywhere. Oh, yeah. As far as you can see. It's Rich Stadium. And if, as soon as you cheered for the Dolphins, mm-hmm. they literally were yanking you out of your seat. <laughs> like, boom, boom, <laughs> fights. Oh, I'm yeah. like, you got to be kidding me. Buffalo. So I was like, there's nothing I did. Well, yeah. there was alcohol at those games. So. There was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and it was freezing cold. But I'm going to tell you something. Those fans, I mean, I had never seen anything like it. You know, really? I, oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, it, it was, was crazy. freezing cold. It was uh, September 8th. Yeah. <laughs> And it was uh, 31 degrees in <laughs> Buffalo, New York. But so, you know, so I came down here, and at the time, the Dolphins were practicing at St. Thomas University. Mm-hmm. And so my brother said something, ah, you know, I think they got a sports administration program here. And, 
I knew I wanted to be an attorney, right? But I said this would be a great segue. I love sports. I played sports. How much college. older is your brother than you? Five years. Okay, so he's big brother that you do look up to, that you do listen to, and also you're in that age range where he can relate to in the sense of, yo, man, just move down here. Let's yeah. do some schooling and, and make a life for yourself. Yeah, I mean, I didn't okay. know I'd be working for him when he moved down here. Right. He didn't tell me that you know, before <laughs> I got down. I was chief cook and bottle washer for about two years, walking the dogs, cutting it's the It's funny lawn. how that works. Yeah. yeah. Big yeah. tax write off. It's good that for whole you, though. Yeah. It's good, it's for, it. good for you. Builds character. But, I mean, he did teach me a life lesson, you know, and, and one of those things was I was working. At the time, my first job was with the Shula Celebrity Classic. I was working on the, the golf tournament, and Steve and I talked a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was working, but I had run up credit card bills in, mm-hmm. in college, right? Um, and when I was down, my brother would just, it's almost like I was still at that 10-year-old kid, right? Mm-hmm. And so I remember dropping him off at the practice facility. They had since moved to Davie. And um, I said, you know, I think I'm just going to move back to New York. And I go, you know, I, I just don't, I don't, I, I'm just not feeling it the way you're treating me. You're treating me like I'm a kid. And he looked at me and he goes, if you want to be a man, you need to start acting like a man. Oh, love it. Pay your own bills. Mm-hmm. Get out of debt. Mm-hmm. Get your own place to live. And I was in his car at the time. And he's like, you can get your own car. So he gets out and he slams the door. Mm-hmm. Right. Now that was a pinnacle moment because I think as much as it, I don't know if it, I felt it at the time impacted him. I know it did. Because from that point forward, he did treat me a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. He took, you know, he actually listened to what I had to say. But more importantly than that, it changed my life. You know, I said, you know what? I got to go out. I got to make sure I focus on what I'm doing. I've got to get a legitimate job. How old were you? Back. At the time, probably 23. Okay. 23. Hey, but this, this was that turning point, literally. It was a turning point. Figuratively, because, literally. You know, I thought I was going to move to South Florida, live with my NFL pro- brother, yep. you know, and I, he was going to buy me a new car. He was going to give me money. There was going to be women. I was going to, no, mm-hmm. it wasn't like that, no. you know? Well, there are those pivotal pivotal moments in everybody's life that if you really look back and pay attention, where you could have gone one way or the other, mm-hmm. had you moved back to New York, you have a whole different life. Correct. You have sour grapes and, you know, yeah. but, you know, his his direction was, it's all about you. Yeah. You know, and if you take care of you, which is, you know, in all the training I do, I go, listen, man, I can feed you full of great ideas, and but you got to do them. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, so, you know, that roadmap, which you've done. Yep. And, you know, look at how you've zigged and zagged to get to where you are. I mean, well, and, and a lot of it comes from, and I, I talked to Steve about how I went to his offices, right? Yeah, we and had cool offices. Unbelievable offices. Basketball, you know, <laughs> you know, rim on the, on, on the wall. I mean, a beautiful, I think, what'd you call it? The glass conference room. Yeah, it looked like a skybox. I mean, so we set up our office. It was full on sports when mm-hmm. we were doing it. We had a full basketball. The floor was a basketball court. Yep. And then the the actual conference room it was, was a place that people wanted to be. Oh, wanted it was to great. Be. But yeah. for me, I was looking at it like from a, from a young guy coming in, I'm like, this is what I want to do. <laughs> right? I want to be him. Yeah. I'm be honest. Right? I'm, I'm in there. I'm, I'm, I'm taking it all wow. in. Not many people say that. <laughs> <by the way. laughs> no, I mean, not many people impressed. say that. Well, did I'm the gonna... check clear already? <laughs> <laughs> and, and then at what point did you realize that you did not want to be like him? <laughs> Shortly thereafter. <laughs> Three months later. No, I, I'm saying, I mean, but it's important. No matter what we do, I mean, you, you know, something that drives you, right? Finding those things that drive you and seeing somebody who's in what you want to do and doing it well, right, encourages you to do better. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a strong believer in that. You know, it's funny that because that, cool. that office was a direct result of me watching the show 30-something. I don't know if you remember that. Of course, that, on that NBC. Show, which is actually making a comeback. Is it? They're, they're actually redoing oh, the show 30-something. with the kids of the original cast. And not the, they're 30-something but, now? But they were really a cool uh, young agency, and they yep. were in a loft. And I just said to myself... I don't want to work in a place that has a low ceiling. You know, we had that big ceiling. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, we turned it into a place where we wanted to go every day. 
which is when you realize you have the capability to do that. We loved it there. Yeah, I, I mean, never wanted to leave. We ate and drank and watched games and you know. impressions. Right. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. As soon as you meet somebody, it could be even like the first time I met you, and mm-hmm. you had those spiked black shoes on, the nice blazer. No, I had slides on. We were out in uh, slides. Were out, <laughs> oh, wasn't that the retreat yeah, for Winterfest? Oh no, it was in the board meeting. Yeah, it was in the board meeting for the Winterfest. Right. It was that Saturday morning? But, you're right. But it's an impact because automatically it's a conversation stool. It's a conversation stool. Yep. You're right. The guy is sharp. He's got on nice shoes. Good memory. Right. I pay attention to those sorts of things, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so the, that thought that you do not judge the book by its cover is complete bullshit. Because you clearly do. No, you shouldn't judge. Well, you you have an initial impression but is it, the judge. Right, is, the, the, right the, you evoke an emotion, emotional response. Correct. People yeah. perceive you and your brand a certain way. Sure. Yes. Sure. Yes. They still shouldn't judge you based upon that. Correct. Because, um, you know, so judge is a hard word. You could judge people over a period of time, but that first impression is so significant. You just said, you know, which actually one of the questions I wanted to ask you on my daily huddle, I just started talking about pet peeves, mm-hmm. like things that really bug me. What bothers you? Like one of the things that bothers me is people, men who wear or ladies who wear shoes that are not polished. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, if you can't take care of yourself, what makes you think you're going to take care of me? Unpolished shoes, unpolished shoes, unkept hair, n- dirty nails. Get it. I'm done. I'm out there, you know. I'm feeling very uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, checking yeah. everything, you know. I'm like, oh my goodness. But just but, think about it. Those little things yeah. are mm-hmm. the thing, you know. So another one, like people that chew gum when they're in sales. Yeah. Like seriously? You know, no, I agree. You're spitting all over the place. Johnny, what bothers you? What's yeah. your pet peeves? This is something and it's as real as a couple days ago what happened. And and now it's with these cell phones. Mm-hmm. Right. So we all have cell, our cell phones here on the table, right? Mm-hmm. They're face down, which I appreciate. Yep. But if you're in a meeting or if I'm talking to you. And you've got your phone in your hand, and you're looking at your phone. Oh my God! How can beautiful. you be having any sort of engagement with right. me, right? If you're on your phone, yeah. You know what I say? I say, uh, I'll wait. Go ahead, right? So, or I was in a meeting I'll the say, other I'll day, wait. right? That's fantastic. But, we didn't use that one. But That's I, great. I was in a meeting the other day, and it's with with one of the sponsors, and the client, the other client, picks up the phone and answers the phone uh. while the sponsor is talking to them. And wow. I'm like, you've got to be. I look at him. I go. And he could just see it in my eyes, put the phone down, right? And I go, that is the most disrespectful thing you mm-hmm. could do. And we all know, and I'm, and I'm not making any statements on our age here, but we operated quite well before these things were in our lives. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. But to <laughs> me, <laughs> but a pet peeve is, is, is you know, having a phone, it. right? And not paying attention to the person you're speaking to. I mean, yeah. we, and, and it's just one of those things. Thousand Which percent. is a really good one. I mean, of all of the ones that we wrote, that one did not come up and it, just resonated so quickly with me as you said it because it is rude yeah we live in a distracted world if i can't get your attention to at least engage in what i'm saying sure. what's the point exactly you know? right. so I, I love that if i'm in conversation with someone yep. and it's more than just friendly banter and they go and grab their phone i will pause and say i'll wait i'll literally tell them no no i'll wait yeah and half the time they just go through and the other half of the time it catches their attention and they go Oh, uh, no, no, it's fine. I, I can do both. And I go, no, I'd prefer. I'd yeah. prefer. Yeah. You, just, you know what's interesting yeah. is that- Call me a dick. It's fine. <laughs> there, there are people who are distracted I don't care with or without the phone. Sure. You know, we, we try and teach people, be where your feet are. Yep. Man, be, be present. Be with me. So whether you have the phone or not, if you're checked out and you're somewhere else, you can tell. So, mm-hmm. you know, what what do you do then? Do you say, I'll, I'll wait? <laughs> yeah, no. If they're checked I'll, out, I, you, you know, look. I'll wait. The world, I'll you wait. can be there a long time. <laughs> I may study, you know, the nonverbal science, the right. body language, if you will. Yeah. I may profile on folks, and that's great. But most people are really good at reading body language and yeah. knowing whether or not they're being ignored or paid attention to. 
Um, people aren't great at necessarily knowing when they're being BSed or when someone's not interested. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes over, I guess they believe, they assume that, hey, I, I'm going to close this deal when I'm watching his hands, I'm watching his no face. Shot. Got no yeah. shot. <laughs> but you don't know that yet, so I'm going to pull you aside and say, move on. Right. Yeah. Um, in those instances, it's best just to uh, someone say, I'll catch up with you another time. Right. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah, because it means your time is valuable, and what you have to say is well, valuable. Well, we just said it. Yeah. You're, you're not willing to say no. Be willing to say no. Right. Well, and another thing is eye contact, mm-hmm. right? So we're sitting you know, around the table together looking at one another. It's so common now. You can be talking to someone, and you have no, they have no eye contact with you. Mm-hmm. They're not even looking at you. There's they no be, trust. Even right. phone aside, right? They're not looking at you. How do you truly engage? I mean, I get so much. I, I, I like to believe that I can look at a person and tell whether or not you know, there's a connection, mm-hmm. whether or not they're a hard worker, whether or not they're going to make it happen, they not make a, it happen. They have a hidden agenda. Yeah. yeah they yeah. are. Yeah. 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 Well, actually, that's where it starts. The first thing that happens is eye contact, smile, yep. engagement. But it's got to be authentic. that's where all the magic happens. Yeah. true. But it's got to right, be authentic. Right. It does. Yeah. It absolutely does. Um, I think it's important at this time to ask you if there is, according, I'm being asked by Shay to ask you, if there is a motto, if there are words of wisdom, if there is a theme that you live by, that you practice, that you share with others, and if so, what might that be? Three words. Make it happen. Make oh! it happen. That's, uh, that's, that's Shay's job. That's he's, yeah? he's the yeah. director of MIH. He's there the director go. of MIH. Director of MIH. I like that. Yeah. The director of- so we did that because... If you don't make things happen, you have nobody to blame but yourself. But yourself, hey, I mean, it's, it's make it happen. What does make it happen mean to you? Well, it, it, I walked into uh, my boss's office one time, and um, I would traditionally go in there and tell him. He'd ask me to get something done, and I'd come in and, and tell him all the reasons why it couldn't be done. Mm-hmm. And he goes, do me a favor. He goes, go back out, come back in, and instead of telling me all the reasons why it can't be done, tell me how you're going to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it changed my mindset again. Right. So because a lot of times when you're asked to do something or you're challenged with something, right, the things that come in, oh, geez, this is the the objections. Yeah. This is why it can't happen. But if you have the mindset that you can make it happen. Oh, come on. man! It'll change. It'll change. It'll change. Yeah. We live uh, under the mantra. What's possible. You know, so and anything's possible. Yeah. You know, if you if you allow yourself to think that it's always impossible till someone does it. Right. And then it's no longer impossible. You know, some of the stuff we were doing over the last month, we shared with people in 1968, Roger Bannister broke the four minute mile. It's, you know, you Mm got to get out of my head. I'm I'm dead serious because I was, as I was just, this is freaking creepy. (laughs) As I said, it's always impossible until Until someone does it. And then you started to speak because the next thing I was going to say was, like no one said you could run a four minute mile. Right. Till he did. Crazy? Yeah. Where did you get that from? Did you sense that? Did no, you s- we've been talking about it literally all right, I might as we're it. traveling the country because people go, ah, you know, they're, they're all about what so were you, you waiting can't to say do. It? Were you waiting to say that when yeah. I was finished? Okay, that's where I got it from. Then I picked okay. up your perception. Thank all right, you. I got the cool. weapon. Huh? But it's man. true. Yeah, the that's... year he did it, 1968, he ran, he broke the four minute mile. That same year, four other people did it. Wow. So it had never been done up until that year. But as soon as somebody, as soon as somebody breaks through, and so, you know, what's possible? Could you hit this many home runs? Can you do this? Can yeah. you do that? I mean, it's pretty fascinating. It's creepy that uh, you thought it and then I was about to speak. Well, it we've only been together it. for 96 shows, yeah, Telepathy's real. <laughs> Listen, he is Johnny Williams, managing partner at Pro Motion Sports Entertainment. Uh, congratulations on all your success. I Look forward to seeing you at the appropriate time and place in the very near future. Oh, man, I appreciate you guys. A pleasure to see you. Stevie, as we wrap it up and tie it up for number 96, why don't you do as we always do and tell them something good. So, you know what? It's really fantastic to get together with old friends. I love this. And today, 
will spark all new kinds of stuff. But you have a guest here today. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And Addison Golden. And, and Addison, Addison Golden. Addison Golden. I had the pleasure. I got asked to speak at an accelerator program that he was heading up. And then wouldn't you know, he shows up again in my life as an intern with Johnny. So, you know, life is really good. You are who you hang out with. That is really good. Pay attention to this guy because he's a winner and you learn Every everything he says, take it. Amen on to that. Shout this guy out. is going places. Yeah, Shout man. out Addison Golden. Yes, you are, man. So Shout welcome out. aboard, man. Uh, for Steve Nodelberg, Josh Cohen saying thank you for listening. We will catch you next time on the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast. So long, everybody.